Hi there, and thanks for joining us. On this episode, we are previewing Local Enterprise Week, which begins on Monday, March the 2nd, by speaking to two companies who've benefited from the help of the LEO and finding out just what direction they are heading in. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast. And first up is somebody who we know from the world of sport, but has branched into the world of business. Derbyn O'Rourke, how are you? I am great. Thanks for having me. I've interviewed you before in a sporting context. This is a bit weird now, isn't it, that we're actually talking about business instead? It is a bit weird. I do want to default into talking about running over hurdles, but I won't, I promise. I'll stay I'll stay on track with this. We are in a room where we could actually set up the chairs to do hurdles, so if you get uncomfortable at any point, we can resort to that, okay? So you can be comforted by that at least. <laughs> that always makes me feel better. <laughs> what is your business and how did you start it? My business essentially is, it's an online business, it's a tech business. It's called Digital Health Resource. I have a great business partner, Greg O'Gorman. How I started it was I had this vision in my head of creating an online site where I could put up a lot of health content. I'd written two cookbooks and I was looking at the market and things were becoming so digital. I wanted to be able to do something that was very easy for people to use, um, to have subscribers, have members on my site. So I completely underestimate the tech of it. And actually, interestingly enough, I went around looking for a company who would do all the different parts that you needed to do, create the content do an online brand, build the tech, manage the tech, and I couldn't find a company to do it. So essentially, I started one myself. So you you spotted the classic gap in the market that was there. But again, you didn't have the technical expertise. So is that where you went and sought a business partner? Yeah, it was an interesting one. Um, I built my site twice and it failed without a business partner. But my background is in business. So I have a master's in business from Smurfit. Um, so I have a certain amount of business acumen, but I suppose what I don't have is like the experience, especially I didn't have tech experience. Um, so when it failed twice, I was definitely in a place of kind of going, what am I going to do with this? Does this idea work? I really believed that it worked. I believed that I could deliver really good content. And also I was coming to a place where I felt like I could deliver this service for other people to build their online platforms. So by the time I met Greg, I was in an interesting place where I knew I needed expertise. I knew exactly the expertise I needed. So part of it was probably luck. Yeah, luck, but also having the experience of having gone through this particular route yourself. You have been a professional athlete at the top of your game. You know what these guys, A, are like, and B, what they want. When you went to the market then to say, hey guys, look what I can do, what was the reaction? Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, We built mine first and we were testing mine and market first here in Ireland and mine my site was going really well I have some amazing members we've, we've a few thousand members now and the reaction was overwhelmingly positive so I think we thought a barrier to entry would be getting clients and actually what ended up happening is we, we got a huge amount of people wanting us to build it for them. So we have three clients at the moment. We have one in Jamaica, one in America and one in Canada. And now, and we obviously have my site in Ireland. So what we're doing now is like, we're looking at our clients, we're looking at performance, we're looking at all the analytics, which I love about tech. I used to love that about track, that you, the numbers always told you the story and mm. it's the exact same in tech. And we're using all those numbers to really help us make our decisions to keep scaling and keep growing the business. Um, and who are the kind of best clients to work with going forward. But it's been fascinating. I've loved it. We're lucky. We have a great team. You know, we have Ivan O'Donoghue, who's our tech director. We have Avril Keegan, who her parents um, both started, met in my 
grandfather-in-law's business. So, you know, that's a little funny story. Oh, wow. okay. There's a little yeah. bit of family history there as well, yeah, which is so good. Yeah, keep it all together. One of the, the trickiest parts of what you're doing, though, is monetizing athletics. So unless you are at the extreme top end of that game, it's very hard to make money out of it, even more so when you're no longer on the track. So is this a way to try and balance that out, do you think? Well, essentially what we do is we monetize personal brands. So you don't necessarily need to be at the top of your game to monetize your personal brand, especially with the way digital and social media has emerged. You can be you can be at a certain level, but if people really engage with you for the messaging that you're doing and for your personality, you can end up having quite a good bit of personal brand equity. And to find a way then to use that personal brand equity and to commercialize it is not that easy. Um, and well, that's it, well it, it, it took you a master's and yeah. a little bit of ability in meeting Greg and finding everybody else to get to the point you're at. So therefore, there are other athletes out there who probably have tremendous personal brands but just aren't lever- leveraging them. Is that where you come in? Yeah, that's where we come in. There's other, and whether it's athletes or whether it's any sort of kind of you know, influencer or someone who has worked on their brand online to build their relationship with their audience and engage them. Like it doesn't even necessarily need to be health and fitness. That's the point we started at. We've had really good success there. But, you know, this year we're kind of open to other areas. Um, But really what it comes down to is having that engagement with your fans, your followers, and having a project you're really, really passionate about. Like I'm really passionate about healthy lifestyles. So it's really easy for me to create content in that space and to talk to people Mm. who I'm engaged with. So for me, it's about working with clients who are really passionate. I would imagine that, and I know athletes, and I have an athlete in the family, uh, you know, jumping over hurdles is is pretty much all they think about or the long jump or whatever their sport is. They tend not to think too far ahead into the future as to, well, what am I going to do when I stop doing this? That takes all of my time. Is it important to talk to uh, these young people who are at the top of their game and top of their peak physical health about, you know what, you're going to need something to do afterwards in the same way that we're speaking to entrepreneurs in college, that guys think about what you're going to do next and use what you have now in the future? Yeah, I think when you're a sports person, because I've worked with other sports people as well before I started the business, what you do, you're so passionate about it, but actually the long game is really important. And I always thought about the long game. I had a lot of really sensible people around me that when I was winning medals, I was still also writing my thesis for my master's. Um, so it meant I was quite rounded. But I think that I think athletes and sports people are getting better. I think they're looking for those opportunities. And I think they're very much seeing that in the digital space, they can do so much. Actually, they can enter the market at a really low cost and then have a company like us facilitate the build of an online platform and run that and manage that for them, which I think is pretty exciting for them. What is great is that you're doing this from Cork. You know, you don't have to go to L.A. to do this. You don't have to be in New York or London or Paris. You're able to do this from home, uh, which is Cork. And that's where the Leo came in to, to support you when you got this up and running. Yeah, absolutely. The local enterprise office were were and still are massive in the development of our business like from us going there and pitching kind of what the idea was from my side to then pitching that you know we want to do we want to be able to bring people to Cork people who have big personal brands bring them to Cork and help them you know develop that brand and develop it online to monetize it Um, and we want to do it from Cork we want to have our staff here we feel very passionate about the fact that our office is on the South Mall. You know, all our clients We're are all mammies want their children to work. Let's not forget that. Exactly, Jonathan. <laughs> you know, it's very fancy here in the South Mall. But it's been amazing to be able to tie into that expert and knowledge of the Leo. And as well, you know, myself and Greg, like we have such different business backgrounds. And the two of us, like 
we get such a massive amount of expertise and you know we've gotten some match funding as well which has been incredibly important well you're going to be interviewed at the city hall on wednesday the 4th of march at 5 30 at an event that's targeted at full and part-time sports people or any budding entrepreneurs who want to learn from your experience uh, Derval, it's fascinating to speak to you in this context and all we can say is we wish you the very best of luck uh, in your future success and thanks so much for joining us thanks for having me red business all that's best about business in cork Next up on this red business celebrating local enterprise, I'm joined by Phil Cohn of Academy Crest. Phil, how are you? You're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, uh, Jonathan. It's great to be here. Now, we met before. We shared a stage once talking about Brexit, uh, and I found out what your business did back then, and it fascinated me. You are responsible for crests, things that go on jumpers, for the want of a better expression. Yes, um, we embroider and brand clothing. Uh, I have a facility or factory out in Blackpool um, that uh, we've been there now for the last, uh, the business itself has been there for the last 33 years So uh, and growing ever stronger. Um, and it's, it's, it's a business that is kind of unusual. There's not that many doing it, I'd imagine. Are, are you kind of amongst a handful in the country, nay Europe, who are specialising in this? Well, yeah, we would be the biggest contract embroiderers in the Munster region. Uh, there's a good few uh, of similar size in Dublin. Um, and a few up the north, but uh, we would definitely, from a contract point of view, uh, we'd have the biggest machines and the biggest, I suppose, factory footprint. And uh, it just kind of it started pretty much out of a, a small box room in the house at home in 1986. So yeah, we have developed. We've between you know 10 and 15 employed now, and uh, you know a lot has a lot has put on to growth due to um, the fact of our location, uh, and we've a lot of national contracts. That have now started coming in over the last two three years. That we um, we we get stuff shipped in and we ship them out nationally. So I mean, it, it's not the first kind of course of action that you you think of. How did you end up doing it first of all in the box room? Okay, uh, so it's, <laughs> it's long story. Long story short is um, my aunt was owned uh, Clerk Fitters, which was there on Cross Street. Uh, supplying clothing to, oh, the, to the priests and the, the brothers priests and, and the nuns. Pieces, right, um, yeah. And she was so busy back in the 80s, uh, my mother, she asked my mother to, to join her uh, to embroider vestments. Um, and they looked at it, herself and dad, they went away, bought a small machine and started embroidering vestments. And slowly they had a few callers into Cross Street and to do T-shirts. And they slowly developed that they were doing more T-shirts than vestments. And hence, uh, we converted the garage at home, got bigger machines, and slowly built and built into the 90s. Uh, and then we moved uh, from uh, home into uh, Academy Street, and we were upstairs in Matthews. So we had a small machine in Matthews and a bigger machine in the garage at home. And hence, that's where Academy Crest started, was Academy Street. So, so. you so literally named after the street you yeah. were on. Um, yeah. you, you are the epitome of the local business then, the, the, the small... We call it a mom and pop operation, yeah, yeah, even though absolutely. it wouldn't necessarily be described that there are other family members. And um, but you've grown to how many now? Uh, we've anything uh, predominantly we've ten uh, full time, but during the summer peak months we could get up to fifteen, sixteen. Uh, are we talking about school crests, work crests, a little uh, bit of everything? Yeah, everything. We we do an awful lot of uh, we supply uh, work clothing, uh, we supply schools, sports clubs, uh, we do an awful lot of stuff uh, for. I mean, there'll be companies like, uh, I suppose, Port West and some of the bigger workwear crowds, they'll send stuff into us and we'll brand it and then ship that nationally. Uh, there's other companies locally around the Munster 
um, that we end up same thing they'll they'll uh, they'll buy the clothing ship it direct to us we'll brand it and then ship it out you're, you're also doing something that that many employers listen to they, they'd balk at the prospect of it you decided voluntarily off your own bat to implement a four-day working week what, what, what and why brought you to that decision? Okay, so um, I've been doing a lot of research on this over the last uh, pretty much three, four, five years. Um, and we we had some key members of staff that uh, in admin roles and so forth that would have ended up um, getting offered better positions in financially in bits and pieces. And we were always sad to, to see them go. But what it got me thinking of how could we... Um, to know, provide a better working culture um, and because even in my parents age uh, we always only kind of did it 37 and a half hour a week so they would have done uh, four full days and then always finished at one two o'clock on a Friday um, so when I looked at that February last year 2019 I sat down with the team and uh, I said look if you were to do a 36 hour a week uh, we'd only work uh, eight until 5 30 Monday to Thursday um, they obviously got paid the incentive was to get paid for the 37 and a half hours um, and do they work harder in the 36 hours well yeah so work? so like the good thing about uh, like we're, we're really only a year into it so we, we are still doing the analytics but uh, production uh, has been up uh, sick leave has been down uh, the general feeling and culture in the place has been fabulous because every week or every weekend is a three day weekend bank holidays don't know it's you're not doing this whole employer thing right at all. You're supposed to be standing over them, cracking the whip, and you're telling me that by being nice to them, they're actually being more productive. Well, they are. I mean, um, and I, I, I'm kind of, I'm lucky enough that I do have a great team. Uh, a lot of people that uh, have, we have employed have been with me since 2008, 2009. So uh, we do have a good core, and they all bought into it. I mean, uh, one of the big things I, I suppose started us down this kind of path was. Um, the Cork Local Enterprise Office, uh, the, the Lean, uh, we, we did that programme for three years and uh, it just got us, the whole company, not just me, uh, into a different frame of mind. Did you consider yourself fatty at that point before you uh, got involved with Lean? Yes. Bottom line is we, we were doing things uh, harder than we should have done. Um, and we, we all sat down, looked at it and uh, made some great changes and uh, it, it's benefited completely. And hence, this is why, because we've ended up getting leaner, and we, we did, uh, that's why we were, we were only able to do this four-day week process, because if we would never worked if we tried it four or five years ago when we had a lot of fat on us. Absolutely. And how much did you save, do you think? Uh, anywhere roughly in the region of, uh, you could be talking forty to 50,000. Um, Which is big for a small business like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what we ended up doing is because I had a. Uh, when we moved um, back in 2015 to North Point, we ended up. I took on a lot of space uh, looking at growth, and we had a lot of bigger machines then as well. Um, and so, because of Lean, we tightened everything up, and uh, I've been able to sublet. Uh, three areas of the property, so that's oh, so you're bringing money in as well. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's the biggest thing is that we've been able to consolidate, don't lose production. Uh, as I said, we've increased production, but some of the unwanted areas, because uh, I'm tied into a ten-year lease, is uh, we've been able to sublet them, and um, which is obviously a great help. So.
Look, it's a fascinating story and just shows you that when you do take a look at it with the help of the local enterprise office that yeah. you can actually find savings there. Now, you're speaking at the business breakfast event on the 6th of March at 8 o'clock in the Bank of Ireland workbench on Patrick Street. So we look forward to hearing what you have to say there. But for now, Phil Cohn of Academy Crest, thank you so much for joining us on Red Business. No problem. Thanks, Jonathan. Take care. The only show in town for Cork Business, Red Business. So there we have two businesses that have very much benefited from the work of the local enterprise office ahead of local enterprise week. Paul McGurk is with me now, who's the head of the Leo in Cork City. Paul, two great stories there and a real example of the type of business that you can support, that, you know, it's worth having that conversation with the Leo if you're thinking about throwing your hat in the business ring. Absolutely, Jonathan. And I suppose the whole point of Local Enterprise Week is to showcase the range of supports that the Local Enterprise Office in Cork City has to offer. And we're always open to people to uh, call in or give us a shout or look up our website and we're always open to chat. Um, You have the full event uh, plan set out for the week, Local Enterprise Week. It's the 2nd to the 6th of March. I think all the information is localenterprise.ie forward slash Cork City. But what have you planned? We have a range of walks and talks, I suppose seminars, um, all free. Um, We have everything from a food sustainability event to, as you heard earlier, uh, interviews with the likes of Derville and Phil Cohen on the Friday morning. Uh, we've red chair interviews in Ballancolic with um, Peter Coppinger from Teamwork. That's not like the red chair in the Graham Norton show. They're not going to fly <laughs> backwards if no, the audience no, doesn't it, like it. it. Stay stationary, don't worry. Um, and Kate Hyde from Glen Cove. Uh, we have talks about the Lean Programme, which Phil uh, mentioned earlier. We have business advice clinics. We have a thing called networking, which is uh, us mangling the English language. But basically, it's networking while walking. I do, I do that all the time. There's not a panic. <laughs> it's networking while walking out here on the Mall. As we're, we're conscious, a lot of new people have moved to the Mall, new small businesses. So it's an opportunity to network over lunchtime. And we have a couple of events actually about, I suppose, the health and well-being of the entrepreneur because we're conscious there's a lot of isolation. And I suppose the entrepreneur often puts their health and well-being low down the pecking order when they're concentrating on staff and sales. So we have a, an event, another event here in Republic Work about the health and well-being of the, of the entrepreneur in, in conjunction with the HSE. Okay, so again... It's another example of the, you know, people ask the question the whole time, what do the city council do other than fix potholes? And the answer is they do a lot of work to support local business. So localenterprise.ie forward slash Cork City is the website address. All the details are there for Local Enterprise Week 2nd to the 6th of March 2020. Paul McGurk of the Leo here in Cork City. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, Jonathan. My thanks to Paul and to Durable and to Phil. Don't forget, you can download every episode of Red Business from redextra.ie. Neve Hennessy was the producer, as always, and we'll catch you on the next one. Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast.